can have our uh, kiddos, if they want to go downstairs, Miss Ann's got some great stuff for you today. If you have your Bibles while you're sitting down, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, we're uh, in part two of developing holy habits. Gosh, didn't Mike do a fantastic job these couple weeks? No. So, no, it's good. Um, Hebrews 5, 14 says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And we need some people who know the difference between right and wrong today, don't we? Amen. Um, we were talking about some holy habits. How many of you looked at your phone a little less this week with the holy habits stuff? You don't have to raise your hand. How, how many of you changed some things up in your social media approach and media and TV to develop that holy habit? It's not easy, is it? And uh, we get into situations in our life where, you know, we want God to change us, but we don't want to go through the process of, of being changed. And uh, we want that kind of instant osmosis approach. And it really takes us developing disciplines in our lives. And uh, so it's really important. Thank you, Bonnie. And uh, the term habit refers to a settled or regular tendency or practice. And we always talk about breaking bad habits, but we got some good habits in this house today, don't we? A lot of us, we do some good things and some good habits, and it's really important to our approach. Uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to address today. Uh, number one, it's time to say goodbye to some things. Turn to someone real quick and say, it's time to say goodbye to some stuff. And the other thing is this, it's time to believe who God says you are. And I think it's really important from us. Doctrinally, we believe this, that we're the righteousness of Christ, that by his stripes we're healed, that we know we have eternal security, that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But how many of you know we kind of live kind of like a bum sometimes in our own approach? How many of you know we kind of have a really poor image of ourselves? And we've been created in the very image of God. And so sometimes it's important for us to start believing again what God says about us. Uh, time to say goodbye. I don't know what you need to say goodbye to today, but there are some things that are holding you back from your future. Why don't we open with prayer? Lord, I just thank you today for your mighty Holy Spirit that works, and that Jesus, that you never sleep, and that you never slumber, and that you're always attentive. Father, you were awake before we were awake today, and you didn't need a cup of coffee to get charged up. And thank you for that. And thank you, God, for right now in this moment that your Holy Spirit is pricking hearts, encouraging, counseling, speaking, identifying needs. Thank you for being our great counselor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Urban McManus wrote this. The moment that, we actually, uh, that will actually define us, the moments, the moments that will carry the greatest weight in our lives, the moments that will create for us the future we've always longed for are not those moments that easily integrate into our past, but instead they are those disruptive moments, the moments when we must choose between extending our past and creating our future. 
See, we're going to have some moments in our life where we'll continue extending the past. We'll keep talking about the past. We'll keep talking about the junk. We'll keep talking about the broken relationship. We'll keep talking about the situations financially. We'll keep extending the past out. And what's great is God is a God of future. God declares this, that I give you a hope and that I give you a future. I give you a tomorrow. How many want a hope and a future? We have a hope and a future in everything in our life. But, turn to someone and say, say, but... We're going to have to throw some things away. Because you can't hold on to the past and grab hold of your future. A beautiful story that I want us to go through is a story of Elijah and Elisha. 1 Kings chapter 19. Why don't we turn there real quick? I love to hear the pages still rumble. Don't you? That we still use a Bible in church. Some of you have electronic. You know, I wish they'd have an app for It's for when you're using your app Bible thing that it would actually make the Bible. Yeah. <gasps> Millions. First Corinthians chapter 19. Oh, first Kings chapter 19. And verse, you're awake. First Corinthians 19. I said it again. First Kings 19, holy cow. 1919. The call of Elijah. I love this story. It's an amazing story of, of letting go. So Elijah went from there and found Elijah the son of Shaphat, and he was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate, and then set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. I think it's interesting... Erwin McManus wrote this about this episode. He said, For Elijah, this wasn't a turn from wrong to right or evil to good, but rather from the life he had to the life that he was offered. So sometimes in our life we want to identify everything as right and wrong, right? And it's really easy for us. It's, it's black and white. It's whatever it is. It's, okay, that's a bad thing. I need to live the, that. But how many know Elijah was doing good thing there? Elijah was a farmer. He was doing his stuff daily in his life. He was doing his thing, doing his daily duties, providing for his situation. And then all of a sudden, Elijah comes there and throws a cloak on him, which was his mantle as a representation of saying, you need to be following me and go on to this call that God has for your life. How many of you know everyone in this place has a call from God? And there are some things in our life that we need to identify and we need to say bye to. We need to say bye-bye. And it's not necessarily your enemy. But there are things in your life that start to hold back and start to hold back things. In the business world, it's kind of funny for us that our business, we're transitioning out of some route work and things for our window cleaning company. And it's kind of amazing how we've identified some things that we've done forever. But how many of those things that you used to do in the past work in the past, but they're not working for today? See, the metrics in business is really simple. If it's not profitable, you can't do it. Right? If it's not making 
spending money in business, you can't do it. So we want to try to make those metrics work in, in, our, in, our, in our spirituality. It's not quite that easy. It's not that simple. But there are things, you know, Paul said it like this, all things are lawful, but not everything is profitable. So there's some things we do that aren't sin, but God says, I've got a call for you. And the choices that we make today are an understanding that the moment is we can extend the past or we can dive into the future. And many of us say, well, I don't have a future. And you might base it on age. You might base it on socioeconomic situations. You might base it on your relationship things. Whatever it may be, however you compose it, you're extending your past each day that you breathe. I want to be into my future, folks. I want to be into my future. I want to develop a holy habit of looking forward and looking ahead to the things of God and saying there's a mighty, mighty work of the Spirit that's going on and I want to be a part of it. God is offering you new life. See, it's really simple for us to go down the altar and say, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was 23 years old on December 14, 1944. It's easier for us to do that. And that's new life. And that's an opportunity, but God has new opportunities for us every day. Paul says, I mean, I'm being saved. I am coming into this thing. I am growing in the things of God. Many times we have fear in stepping out. How many have been afraid to step out in some areas? Let me tell you something. I've been as scared as anyone with this stuff. With our business, not knowing, changes, challenges, all this kind of stuff. And there's a fear of the unknown. Mark Batterson writes, the cure for fear of failure isn't success. The cure for the fear of failure in small enough doses is failure that we build up an immunity to. In other words, you fail over and over and over, and you just develop an immunity to that. How many have failed before in this place? Good hand, mother. Let's try this again. How many have failed before in this place? We have a lot of failures in here. Look around, folks. You know, we love the success stories, and we love the million-dollar stories, and we love the people that broke through in this, and that's all powerful, and that's all great. But if you really look at the backstory, the backdrop of all those successes, whether it be in business or whether it be in spirituality, whether, whatever it be, you look at that person, and you realize that that person failed an awful lot. Failed a lot. And this is where it's important for us in understanding that fear of failure is having failures in small enough doses that we just build up an immunity to it. Taking care of what you've been given, Matthew 25, 21. You don't have to turn there, but it says this, Be faithful in the little things, and I will make you ruler over much. See, being faithful, I believe that Elisha in those times, just like David, you know, David was out there you know, with his sheep, taking care of the sheep, Realizing that was a huge responsibility for him. Just like Elijah, who was plowing away. How many of you know to get in the monotony of working? It gets kind of old sometimes. But you're faithful to it and you understand it's so important to you. Be faithful in the little things and I will make you ruler over much. I challenge you this week, as opposed to just doing your job, be invested in your job. As opposed to just clocking in and clocking out, so to speak. How many of you know you can do your job but your mind is a million miles away? As opposed to just being a million miles away looking for the, the sandy beaches, I challenge you just to invest in what you have daily. 
And understand that God has given a value to you and a value to that situation. A.W. Tozer wrote this, We Christians do so many things that are really not bad, they're just trivial. They're unworthy of us as much as if we discovered Albert Einstein cutting out paper dolls. Our minds may not be among the six greatest of the ages, but like Einstein's, our minds had endless capabilities. Our spirits were designed by God to communicate with deity. You think about that for your life, and you, you give yourself not enough credit. And you almost make fun of yourself and what you're doing. And you realize when you're investing in the little things in your life that you have the ability right now that to communicate with God about the situation that you're in. You forgot about that. You forgot about the potential and the little things that when you invite God into that situation, now that situation is just not sweeping. Now that situation is just cleaning up a mess. Now that situation is the very presence of God there. What an amazing thing. Invest in those little things, those situations around you, and watch the presence and awareness of God grow in your life. We've heard it said before, God is everywhere. He's omniscient, right? But the very defining presence of God and being awakened to who God is, now that's something special. And people understand how special the moment is when they start to say goodbye to those things in their life and the way they live before. And they say, you know what, God, I am investing in this thing right now. What happens is we get stuck doing what we're doing. Never once looking to see maybe, just maybe, God is changing things up. And maybe, just maybe, the things that God has you doing was to help you develop faithfulness, to help you develop patience, to help you and I develop character. (laughs) And now is the time for something new. Number two, time to believe I am who he says I am. Turn to someone and say that to someone. He is, or I am, who he says I am. Paul J. Pastor writes, Because of our inner brokenness, believing that we are the beloved of God is not one of the most difficult things we could ever do. Not becoming the beloved, mind you, this is the lie that nearly all of us believe. But believing it, beyond any work of holiness or sacrifice, beyond any endeavor of faith, any struggle of doubt, the fight to simply accept this truth can be overwhelming. If somehow the Spirit does begin to intrude on our typical routine of striving and earning, the door He opens to enter seems to let in a dozen scurrying insecurities. Am I the beloved? The liar? The vain? The lustful? Me? The impatient? The haughty? The angry? The lazy? The fool? Am I willing to go under the Jordan? Sure, returning to the waters that I come from makes sense. But am I willing to truly be raised into new life? To believe that the living water and heavens have parted and that God looks on me in kindness and in pleasure. Choosing to see his own eyes, the eyes of Jesus, the God-man, looking back at him from my face. Isn't that amazing? We can believe doctrinally. Yep, I'm, I'm, I love him singing that song today. We didn't even know... The tie in what we were going to be talking about today, but I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty one. Let's turn there real quick. Second Corinthians five, verse twenty one.
And maybe you need to put this on the mirror at your home. Maybe you need to put it in your car, whatever it be, just to remind you of that you are who he says you are. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Think about that. We are the righteousness of God, not based on what we've done. So again, these holy habit things, I'm straying away from all the things. I told you last week, and not to mock it because it's really important, but how many of you have heard you got to pray, you got to read your Bible and go to church? Okay, we got it, all right? So now comes the deep part in our life that we really got to just realize that, you know what, if we just read our Bible, just went to church, and just gave it to church, if that changed everything, man, we'd have the biggest revival going on in America right now because we've got a lot of people going to church. Thomas Minton wrote this, great monk. He said, God is the seer and the seeing and the seeing. God seeks himself in us. And the aridity and the sorrow of our heart is the sorrow of God who is not known in us, who cannot yet find himself in us because we dare not believe or trust the incredible truth that he could live in us and live there out of choice, out of preference. We exist solely for this, to be the place he has chosen for his presence, his manifestation in the world, his epiphany. But we make all this dark and inglorious because we fail to believe it. We refuse to believe it. He chose us to live in. He chose you to live in it. There's any place in the world he wanted to live in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. To choose to believe today that you are who he says you are is a very powerful thing because it allows you to open up to the possibilities, to the call, to the things that you need to say goodbye to. It allows you to say now that I can enter in because it's God who works in me. Timothy Kelly writes, if you're a Christian, it's likely that you're not living as if this is true. You probably don't see the magnitude of what is being offered to you in the Holy Spirit. Imagine you're a billionaire and you have three $10 bills in your wallet. You get out of the cab and you hand the driver one of the bills for an $8 fare. Later in the day, you look in and find out there's only one $10 bill there. And you say, either I dropped the $10 bill somewhere or I gave the taxi driver two bills. What are you going to do? Are you going to get all upset? Are you going to disrupt the rest of your day? Are you going to the police and demand they search the city for the cab driver? No. You're going to shrug and say, you're a billionaire. You lost $10. So what? You are rich to be concerned about this kind of loss. This week, somebody criticized you. Something you bought or invested in turned out to be less valuable than you thought. Something you wanted to happen didn't go the way you wanted it to. Anybody there today? Someone you counted on let you down. These are the real losses of your reputation, of your material wealth, of your hopes. But what are you going to do if you're a Christian? Will this setback disrupt your contentment with life? Will you shake your fist at God and toss and turn at night? If so, I submit that it's because you don't know truly how rich you are. You are not living in the joy. You are forgetting that the only eyes in the universe that matter see you not as a phony little fake you have sometimes been, but as a person of captivating beauty. If you're that upset about your status with other people, if you're constantly lashing out at people for hurting your feelings, 
You might call it a lack of self-control or self-esteem, and it is. But more fundamentally, you have totally lost touch with your identity. As a Christian, you're a spiritual billionaire, and you're wringing your hands over $10. It's kind of funny. This is going to be a short little message, folks. And I was... As I was preparing this this week, I wanted to go to point three. John's going to be really upset today because I only have two points in a poem today. (laughs) Mike, why don't you come up here? I wanted to have this really short and sweet. Because I kept writing, and maybe you've been there before, but I felt right at that moment that it was time to say to all of us that you're a billionaire spiritually and you're upset over $10. This last Sunday, it was funny, I was at my parents' house, getting overwhelmed with everything. You know how it's funny when you get overwhelmed with things, you, uh, you know, react and all that kind of stuff. Anybody ever done that before? And I was on the phone with a pizza guy. Everyone say the pizza guy. Need an order of pizza. And the pizza guy was not a happy pizza guy. And I was upset with him. I'm like, what's your name? Like, I'm like, I was upset with him because he wasn't treating me like a good customer like he should. I said, you know, they offer probably training classes for sales. I mean, I'm literally saying this stuff to him. And Anne, Anne was funny, me and Anne were talking, and she's like, Steve, this is a good time for you to, you know, practice the message that you, <laughs> that you just preached. I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But you know what? It's funny how we get hung up on the littlest things in life, don't we? We get hung up, and those things not only ruin our day. Again, guys, I want to say they continually extend our path. And we bring our fist at God's God, When am I going to go into my new season? When is this going to happen? And when is that going to happen? Folks, I tell you today, if you can learn to say goodbye, and if you can learn to understand that you're the spiritual billionaire that God made you, you will go places into the future you never dreamed possible. You will develop holy habits that are beautiful, that go beyond the Pharisaical legalist idea of I read my Bible, I went to church, and I gave my tithe. All this faith is so much deeper than that. You're a spiritual billionaire. And you're living like all you've got is I want us to close our eyes for a moment. I want us to think about first and foremost this. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't know that friendship and I want you to know today Jesus wants to live inside of you, inside of your heart. And if you don't know Jesus Christ today, don't have that Friendship, don't have that knowing, don't have that assurance. I can tell you today that you can be the assured spiritual billionaire that God wants you to be. He died on the cross for you. He saw your face. He didn't see a number. He didn't see an obligation or a duty. He was in love with you for God so loved the world. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can know Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed.
Christ speaking to you. And you want to let him in. Christ loves you and wants to give you a fresh start. Today, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, why don't you raise your hand? I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. What do we all pray this together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And that you love me. Lord, I repent. I'm leaving the past behind. I allow you into my heart. Thank you, God, for this new opportunity. That you forgive all my sins and give me new life. Thank you, God. Show me your ways. With every head bowed and every eye closed, got two other things I want to deal with. Today, maybe you're a believer, and really what your life has just been has been an extension of your past. This isn't about heaven or hell. This might not even be about right or wrong right now. This just simply might be God calling you to burn the plow and sacrifice the oxen. Because he's throwing a mantle on you and he's saying, there's something else. There's something more. There's something new. And today, as opposed to looking at your life as an extension of your past, today, God is giving us this moment for all of us to look into our future. To show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything about yet. Today, if that's you and you say, you know what, I'm not going to extend the past anymore. I don't know how God deals with it, what he shows you, what he gives to you. Every one of us is on a different page, so to speak, in that. But I do say that God is calling you, and very specifically calling you to this. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand if that's you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who have raised your hand, I want you to know today that that might be the hardest thing you're going to do. It might not be easy. It might not even make financial sense. It might not make sense to anyone about anything. But as God gives you this new opportunity, He's going to do some great things. Why don't we all pray this together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for the future that you have for me. I'm not looking back. I give you all this stuff as a sacrifice. And I look forward to my future. Your future. And me. Help me to let go of what I'm supposed to let go of. In Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing. Every head out and every eye closed. Today, maybe you've got an identity crisis. 
And you've kind of been the person to spiritually work through the $10 thing. Somebody offends you, the pizza guy, and you really forgot that you're the billionaire. Every one of us has got the pizza guys. (laughs) Don't let those things shake up your faith. Don't let those situations and those events ruin your life because they're not. You're here. You're alive. You're breathing. You're well. And today you're grabbing hold of that identity and you're allowing the face of God to come through in your life. Today, if that's you, why don't you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we pray this together? Dear Jesus, thank you that I'm a spiritual billionaire. Forgive me, Lord, for being short-sighted and allowing those things to trip me up. I'm choosing to let go of those who have offended me, of the problems, of the things that I'm even trying to work out right now. I let go of all of that and realize that those things are petty. Those don't have to hold me back from being who you called me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, God is good. He really is. It's refreshing to know that God gives you another opportunity to be the billionaire spiritually he's called us to be and work in that. I love you very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, Don't forget this week about the women's Bible studies and the men's Bible studies. If you need prayer for anything, you know, maybe you grab someone here this morning, maybe it's someone out there and you say, you know what, can you just pray with me for this? Please don't go before everything is sealed up here. Amen. I love you very much and you guys have a wonderful week. Oh, we need to pray for that. Yes. We need to pray for, um, we got some, uh, uh, Law enforcement even here. Denise, it's great to see you this morning. And uh, we need to pray this week. There's a big budget going on in Winnebago County. There are a lot of issues, and I don't know it all, but we just need to pray and covering over it um, for our, you know, law enforcement, those guys, uh, those men and women who, who really serve and protect this community. So we just need to pray for the budgets and everything that are going on with it, that there's wisdom and that uh, uh, the right decisions are made. Amen. Father God, we pray today for our law enforcement and the police officers, Lord, that sacrificed their very lives for our safety. God, first and foremost, we pray a covering over them. Thank you for Denise here. We just pray blessings over her. And Lord, we just pray right now, Father, for this whole budget situation. We don't know all the semantics and everything going on, but we pray for wisdom to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. God, but God, we pray, Lord, that just this crisis and the situation would be fixed. Uh, Lord, that it would be effective however it works. Lord, we just pray, God, that your will would be done. And we just pray a covering over again all the law enforcement and all those in, in command. And we just pray you for your blessing and your protection over them. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you real good this morning.